And now you can hear me. I will just introduce myself again. I, my name is Ian. If we haven't met, I'm one of the elders here. Uh, and I hope you enjoy your time here this morning. But more importantly, I hope that you meet with God. Um, I just also wanted to, to say thank you for all the uh, prayers and support and donations that we've had for the Ukraine aid runs. Uh, Simon and myself got back a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, I think we probably took the most amount of aid um, that we've taken so far uh, to like full to the to the roof van worth of stuff of food and lots of different other supplies. So I'm just really grateful for that. Some photos have been online and I think we'll send out some extra bits and pieces this week, maybe on the email. Um, but we are going through our series in the book of Ephesians and we have two left. This no, you should be sad that it's coming to an end. Let's try that again, okay? Um, and we only have two left. Uh, this week and next week, Adam is going to uh, conclude our series on Ephesians as he digs into the last few verses. I'm sure he'll summarise all six chapters. The glory of God will fall as he does that. So it is not to be missed. But as Adam finishes Ephesians next week, be here or you'll miss out. That's what you said to say, wasn't it? <laughs> um, last week we had uh, Jeremy with us. Uh, he read from chapter 6, verses 10 to 13. And today we're going to read from 10 to 17, focusing on 13 to 17, the armour of God. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to them? Uh, the words will also appear on the screen. There we go. Finally. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Let me just pray for a moment. Father, we thank you for your word. Let your word affect us and change us and transform us more into the image of your Son this morning. Come and speak, Lord Jesus. Your worship is not only with singing of songs, but as we dig into your word, it continues. So come and meet with us and open our hearts, Lord, this morning to hear from you. Lord God, will you help me speak, Lord Jesus, with clarity. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I don't know if you have ever been in an actual fight. You know, like fisticuffs. People punching you, you punching them. Uh, if you haven't, well, then that's good. Don't put it on your bucket list because it hurts. Now, from my experience, 
A long time ago, before I was a Christian, I had got in a few fights. And there's a secret. It hurts. When people hit you, it hurts. But what hurts most is when you get hit unexpectedly. When you don't see it coming. Getting punched in the face hurts. I can guarantee that. You don't need to find out for yourself. I am telling you, it hurts. Believe it or not, I was born with a perfectly straight nose. But I got punched a few times. And what Paul is is trying to do here is make Christians aware of this. That we are in a fight. We are in a battle and we must be prepared. He is wanting to awaken Christians from falling into a slumber. Now, I'm probably speaking to some of the gentlemen in the room around my age, they will understand this. But when I'm at home and it's warm and I've eaten and I'm comfortable, very occasionally I will fall asleep. (laughs) I'm sure some of you can relate to that. It's possibly a middle-aged man thing. And the same thing can happen to Christians. I, I would say, especially in the West, when we are comfortable and distracted, we fall into a peaceful slumber. But we need to wake up, rise and shine. We are in a fight, we are in a battle, and we mustn't get sucker punched, because that really hurts. We, we need to be in this for our sake. We need to be in it, working out our salvation as we go on being saved, not to lose sight of our salvation. And we also need to be in this for the world's sake, for the lost and the broken, for those not yet in the kingdom. We must not let the trappings of this world distract us from the king and his kingdom. All Christians, not just the enthusiastic ones, should seek first the kingdom of God before worrying about anything else. In the first three chapters of Ephesians, there are no instructions at all. In the last three, it is full of instructions. In the first three, Paul is establishing our identity, who we are in Christ, what we once were and who we are now. It's establishing our identity. And when I, with identity, there comes a calling. And with calling, there comes conduct. And he is establishing identity first before conduct, otherwise there would be this disconnect. But as soon as we realise who we are and what we're called to, then this conduct makes sense. And this is what Paul is approaching as he ends this letter to the Ephesians. That we should be aware and alive to the battle. The battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, of evil. It is real. We saw last week with Jeremy at the beginning of this section, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might, put on the whole armour of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities and cosmic powers over this present darkness. There is a present darkness darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil. There are spiritual forces of evil at work today. And take note of the imperatives here. Be strong. Stand. He's highlighting that there is a spiritual warfare that faces all Christians. And Jeremy highlighted the truth last week. The devil is real. 
And he's here to kill and destroy and bring division and lie to the believer. The world is under the influence of the devil. 2 Corinthians 4.4, he has blinded the mind of the unbeliever. Jesus has, of course, won the victory. And at the end of this age, when he returns, he will hand over the kingdom to the Father when he has abolished all rule and authority and power. As it says in 1 Corinthians 15. Ultimately, Jesus rules and reigns now, but there's a battle right now between the forces of evil and the forces of and the kingdom of God. It's a battle that has already been won. This isn't a boxing match where we're not quite sure who's going to win. The devil gets a jab in, God gets a jab in. Now, the battle has already been won, but it will not be complete until Jesus returns. If you've seen the Alpha videos on the video of How Do I Resist Evil, they describe it as like living between D-Day and V-E-Day. D-Day was when the Allies invaded Nazi Europe on the 6th of June 1944, but the victory was beginning. And on the 8th of May 1945 was V-E-Day, victory was declared. And we are living in between that time that tension of the battle is won, but not yet complete. And in this time, we are still waging war on the devil and his schemes. You may not realise this, but if you're a Christian, the devil wants to destroy you and take you away. He wants you to doubt your beliefs and believe your doubts. Instead, we should doubt our doubts and believe our beliefs. So, like the command given to Joshua and to many others, we are to stand and put on the armour of God. Not just some armour or the armour, but the whole armour. And with this armour, we are able to stand firm. So last week we heard about some of the schemes of the lie of there is no creator, of the lie that we are our own gods, free to choose our own will and to do what we like. But now we're going to focus on what is at our disposal in this battle that we are in. And when we look at the armour, we are to realise that this armour belongs to God himself. He puts it on as well. And we'll look at that as we go through what is in the Old Testament. The first few of some we should just wear all the time. Not just Start looking for the armour as soon as the battle begins. When Paul is writing this, it's likely he's got the Roman soldier in mind. The Roman soldier's armour, of the sandals and the shield. So have that kind of picture in mind as we go through this. But the the soldier wouldn't put on the armour as the arrow started to fall. It would be too late. And we can too easily coast along when things are good and and not be pursuing God, not spending time in prayer, reading his word, and then things happen and we can quickly try to squeeze it in. Quickly put the armour on. Now we need to put this armour on. We need to be alert, aware, seeking after him. Now firstly, we are to fasten on the belt of truth. This is foundational for us all. The word used here originally meant to gird yourself, literally to tie onto yourself. This is foundational. The belt would be under the clothing or the armour. 
And this is what should be foundational, that we stand on the truth of the gospel. The resurrection, the truth of God. And we can get blown around all the time. But we are to know that we are his. We are bought at a price. He has forgiven your sin, past, present and future. He has removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. This is faith once and for all delivered to the saints. Absolute truth. And we're kind of living in a post-truth world, aren't we? Truth is not subjective. This is the truth. We must help people deconstruct their previous worldview when they come into the kingdom. We must walk away from independence and selfishness. Paul is not just talking about cold theology here. He's looking for behavioural change based on the fact that God became man and dwelt among us. He died on a cross and he was raised up and he was glorified and we live in the light of that breathtaking truth. We are committed to the word, not the word to us. The Greek word used for making a mould is like pouring something into the mould and we are shaped by this mould of the word. We have a new filter for all of our thinking and all of our decisions. The way we evaluate everything has changed and we come and submit ourselves to his word. We are to be girded with truth. If you don't feel like God loves you right now, or he feels distant, we have to change our thinking and say, that is irrelevant, because I have been shaped by truth. Don't waste your time on those thoughts. The truth saves you from even going there. Don't worry about gossip or what people are saying about you. Be shaped by the truth. We should, as Colossians 3 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Isaiah 11, 5. Righteousness will be his belt and the faithful sash around his waist. Put on that belt that God himself puts on. Next, we are to put on the breastplate of righteousness. This is, kind of covers our hearts, our emotions. Satan is, a, is an accuser. It's one of his greatest weapons. You are no good. You'll, you'll never make a good husband. You're useless. Nobody likes you. You haven't got any friends. But we put on the Lord and his righteousness. It's nothing to do with our performance. It's nothing to do with how you're doing in that moment. Paul accounted his religious performance as excrement. We are his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5 says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become his righteousness. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. It won't cover you. You'll have bad days. You will fail you won't have confidence in yourself, but you must remind yourself, all of my guilt has been imputed into him and all of his righteousness has been imputed into me. Yes. We are righteous as a gift. 
This is not, as Terry Virgo says, the breastplate of performance. When you are frail, that's when Satan kicks you. And I have nothing to offer when he's kicking me except the righteousness of Jesus. It's not the breastplate of spiritual experience. It won't do it for you. Jesus' righteousness is a breastplate that never changes. It never wears out. It never fails. It is spotless. Hallelujah. You have no greater spiritual protection than a righteous relationship with God. To have been justified by his grace through simple faith in Christ and Christ crucified. You get to stand before a holy God, not condemned, but accepted. This is essential for defence against an accusing enemy. And we all know it, but how many of us live by it? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We need to put on the God's breastplate of righteousness. He put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. Next we have shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Shoes that we strap on, a firmness standing in gospel truth. The gospel of peace gives us a, a firm standing and we stand in that glorious truth that Paul has already laid out for us in Ephesians. That we are we were aliens and strangers, but we've been brought near. We are now fellow citizens with the saints. We stand in that, and we need to be ready to proclaim it. We should have a readiness about us. We should always be ready to preach the gospel in season and out of season. Paul says in 2 Timothy, for preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Peter says in 1 Peter 3, put but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is one of the things that the devil fears because he hates the gospel because he knows that it is the power of God to rescue people from his tyranny. We need to remind ourselves of the gospel. It isn't just for when we get saved and then we move on to more mature things. It should shape us and enable us to share this breathtaking truth. Let's keep our gospel boots strapped on. Isaiah 52, 7, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. This is God's footwear. Next, there kind of seems to be a slight change in language from Paul. He says, put on to take up. Take up. And we are in all circumstances to take up the shield of faith, which will extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, a lot of my uh, understanding of the word um, has been shaped by listening to Terry Virgo, who was the founder and father of New Frontiers. And I remember him speaking on this at the Brighton Conference, I think it was about 13 years ago. And this is really, so a lot of this, what I'm saying is credited to Terry. But I remember him talking about this and he was saying, it's not faith in faith, it is to defend you from fierce hostility. 
flaming arrows. They would set arrows on fire and send them. And Roman soldiers would have these shields that are about four foot, which is like about that from my feet to there, four foot, and by two foot, which is half of that. And they would soak them in water. They would get these shields and literally drench them in water so they would be completely soaking. So as the fiery arrows came, the shields would extinguish the flames. That's really stuck in my mind over the years when Terry explained that. And fiery arrows, I would imagine, would be terrifying. A flame flying towards you in the sky, that would hurt. It would shock, bewilder. And we could get scared of the enemy's fiery arrows and think, I can't keep this up. And Satan sees you when you're vulnerable. And sometimes we can be shocked by how much something hurts us. He doesn't wait for you to be at your best. Now, as I said, I've been in a few scraps in my time before Christ. And at one time I got pushed down a flight of stairs and they were kicking me at the bottom. I didn't say whilst I was lying on the floor and feet were flying into me, excuse me, chaps, would you mind? I'm just not feeling very well at the moment. Would you mind? That's a bit sore. Stairs were quite painful. Would you mind? That, that didn't happen. I took the blows. I tried to get up. And we have to fight the good fight of faith. Faith in what God says is true is the antidote. Don't be anxious is as much as a command as don't steal. And instead we should pray our requests with thanksgiving. Fight. Don't let the arrows take you out. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, Faith is an activity that we have to exercise. It is not automatic. Romans 4 says Abraham grew strong in faith. Fully persuaded of what God had promised, he was also able to perform. The enemy will hit you when you're down, and it is a battle. But God himself is a shield for those who take refuge in him. By faith, flee to him for refuge. Faith lays hold of the promises of God in times of doubt and depression. Faith lays hold of the power of God in times of temptation. So when Satan is hurling things at you, we remember this of what it says in Psalm 5, you bless the righteous, O Lord, you cover him with, a fa- with favour as a shield. So when Satan's hurling at you, you're no good, you're nothing, you're pathetic, nothing what you did. You think God will still love you? Huh. You'll never make a difference. He'll never use you. Your marriage will always be bad. You'll always be sick. You'll always be in debt. Your marriage will struggle. We have to put up the shield and say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And like Joshua, I will say, I am blessed coming in and going out. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God hath plans to prosper me, not to harm me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God is working all things together for good. He will never leave me or forsake me. His eye is on the sparrow, so I know that he's watching over me. And when we hold out a montage like that, the enemy will flee. One last thing on this. The Roman shield was created to be linked next to his brothers next to him. 
to stop you being susceptible from attacks from the side or behind. And sometimes our faith will fail. But that is why it's so important that you are in a community of believers. So sometimes your brother or sister, their shield can protect you. It is alien to the word of God to have a thriving Christian and not in a church. That is completely alien from this. You are to stand with brothers, meet with brothers and sisters, pray with them. This is not just a a Sunday performance. It's calling you into life with brothers and sisters in Christ that can stand with you, that can help you. And lastly, we look at the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Paul is still describing God's own armour, the helmet of salvation. This salvation is ultimate and true. It's hope for now and it's hope for the future. We've been saved from the current evils and we've been saved for future eternity with God in the new heaven and the new earth. Guard your minds with this, this many-faceted reality to our salvation. We have been saved. Our sins have been washed away. Our chains fell off. Our heart is free. I'm being saved. I'm constantly being rescued from myself and my foolishness. I am an object, though, of his salvation. And salvation is also future-based. It's an eschatological event from the end time when Jesus returns. We will be saved from hell. We will not be banished from the presence of God. Everything that goes before is small fry. We are saved into an eternal delight. It's a future event for everyone in Christ. Our salvation in this moment is getting nearer. The actual experience of this salvation from God's cataclysmic judgment is coming to the whole universe. The night has almost gone. The day is at hand for a helmet. Take the hope of salvation, as it talks about in Thessalonians. In hope we are saved. We don't hope for what we already have. Peter tells us to hope for the grace that is coming. Salvation in its fullest sense is our helmet and we will be like him. We will be caught up in eternal glory. Our life on earth will seem like one night spent in a bad hotel. What is mortal will be swallowed up in life. And then we take up this last offense weapon. The sword of the spirit, the word of God. Let this word be your weapon to wield at any time. When Jesus went into battle with Satan, the evil one offered him his kingdom. He was tempted in every way. How did Jesus fight back? With the word. With the word of God. It will make the enemy flee. Get this into you. It is still today the sword that cuts through people's defences. It pricks their conscience. It stabs them to spiritually awaken them. But it won't do that to you if you don't read it. It's powerful. He has put a sword in our hands. 
that we may use in resisting temptation, but also for evangelism. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. Isaiah promised a servant who would say, the Lord made my mouth like a sharpened sword. Isaiah 49. Jesus is this servant who wielded the sword of the Spirit. The word of God is the only offensive weapon necessary. That He defeated the devil in the desert and he defeated the devil on the cross. We must never be ashamed of the word of God. To use it, to acknowledge our confidence in it, it is the sword of the Spirit. Paul encourages encourages us in Philippians to fight the good fight of faith. Pursue righteousness. Fight well. And as we do that, we need to fix our thoughts on what is true. We need to feed ourselves. Paul is telling us we need to program our minds with true, honourable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent and worthy things. Worthy of praise. Examine what you are putting into your mind. Through the TV, through internet, through conversations. Nowadays people can lose hours just by moving their thumb. On a very small screen. (coughs) Examine that. Replace harmful input with wholesome material. What we put in through our eyes and ears affects our heart. They are the gateway. We often talk to our children about guarding their gates with what they put in through that. And this shapes us and it takes us away from what this says. And this is for your good. This is what God has given us as a gift. His word, his Holy Spirit. Let it dwell richly in you, his word and his spirit. Ask God to help focus your mind on what is good and pure. It will help with daydreaming. Who's very good at daydreaming? I know I am. I can very easily drift off. It can help with daydreaming and impure thoughts. It takes practice, but it can be done. So church, let's be awake. We're in a fight, whether you realise it or not. You're in a battle. And I've found in those times of physical conflict, it helps to put a defence up. If you go in like this, waving your arms, you're going to get punched in the nose. I learned that very quickly. We need to put our defences on and not stay in a place of hunkering down. But with the sword of the Spirit, with the shoes of the gospel of peace, we need to move forward because we are in a battle. And there are people right now that are losing in this battle that that are heading towards the kingdom of darkness. So church, put on this armour. Wear it. Constantly, not just when things get tricky. This is not what Paul is talking about. He's saying fight the good fight of faith. Don't let the enemy take you away. Why don't we stand and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you that we have this armour to put on. We thank you that 
Your righteousness is our righteousness. We thank you we can put up the shield of faith. We have a helmet of salvation, and I thank you, Lord, for our salvation, that you endured the cross for us, so that all of you who knew no sin became sin for us, so that we could be the righteousness of God. Oh, God, we don't want to be Christians asleep in the world, Lord. We want to be awake. Lord God, if we need awakening, will you come and awaken us right now? Stir our hearts again for a passion for your name and for your kingdom, Lord Jesus. Help us wield the sword, Lord God. I pray for your protection over us, Lord Jesus. And let us already all be equipped and ready for when the fiery arrows come, Lord God, because they will. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to bring our time to an end there.